You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. If you don't have a copy of God's Word with you today, don't worry about it. You can take that Black Pew Bible that we used before, take that Black Pew Bible again and turn it to page 615. And you'll just be able to follow along with us as we walk through uh, this portion of God's Word today. How many of you remember the story of Mikhail and Tarek Salali? that name ring a bell? It's been a long time. All right, well, in 2009, this couple made national headlines when they crashed President Obama's first state dinner. They were not invited, but yet they somehow made their way into the actual dinner. Their names were not on the guest list, but somehow they managed to walk through two, not one, but two Secret Service security checkpoints. And the investigation afterwards, the the Secret Service literally said, they looked and acted the part, so we let them in. Like, that is like, to me, props for them for trying and getting through. Um, One of my sayings is, is walk with confidence. Like, if you act like you belong, someone is going to buy it. And in this case, it was the, the, the Secret Service. Again, not on the guest list, made their way in. So for two hours, the couple took pictures with President Obama, Vice President Biden, other, other, other staff members, and it was only until after they left and posted those pictures on social media that people realized that they shouldn't have been there. The Secret Service was like, hey, it's not that, that big of a deal. We, we did check them for guns. They had no guns. But they were still in there where they were not belong, where they did not belong. There was a whole congressional investigation afterwards, a whole nine yards. Things did not go well for them after the fact. They lost a bunch of social standings, the whole nine yards. But, but it happened. They were able to sneak into President Obama's first state dinner. Well, church, Isaiah 55 has been known by scholars as God's great invitation. And church, God isn't inviting us today to a swanky political dinner or a place or an event. God is inviting each one of us today to experience life as he longs for you and I to to have and to experience. So again, it's not about a place or an event. It is, again, it's what God wants for us. And while this offer is extended to all of us today, only those who come to God will actually find it. So Isaiah 55 invites us to come and find two things that only God can provide. God invites us today to find fulfillment and forgiveness in him. Before we open up the text and dig into both of those invitations, I just want to take one more brief moment to approach the Heavenly Father who invites us to both, that he would open up our our eyes to what we are being invited to and open up our hearts to see our need for what God is giving to us today. So why don't don't we just open our time in prayer again? So God, I pray, Lord, now, God, as we open up your word, God, Lord, that you would help us see your son Jesus in all of his glory and all of his splendor. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us see where we have tried to to find our own satisfaction and fulfillment and try to deal with our own sin in other ways besides just simply coming to you. 
And God, I pray, Lord, that you would work not only within our service today, God, but in the multiple services across this valley where, where churches and pastors who love your word and proclaim the gospel are opening it up even right now um, to proclaim your word to your people. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them boldness and courage, God, in proclaiming the truths of your word. God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would do work here within our hearts, but also in the hearts of people all throughout this valley, even right now, God. We love you, Jesus, and we expect you to do great things. We pray all these things in the name of your Son. Amen. So, church, I wanna, we're, gonna, we're not going to walk through the whole entire chapter, chapter today, obviously, like, Hold your breath, like it's going to be okay. We're only going to walk, walk through about three verses. I'm sorry, about six verses today. But I want to start out by, by, by reading the first three verses and then kind of breaking down what exactly we see here. So Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3 says this. It says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the water. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And you lay in your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen to me and eat what is good. And come and bring and eat delights and good food. Guys, I want to stop there. Church, the first invitation that we see today is that God invites us to come and find fulfillment. Seven times in, in, in these verses, God commands us to come to him. See them. They're listed there. It says, come, buy, listen, eat, incline your ear, hear that your soul may live. Just hear. Can you hear the compassion and, and the urgency that God, our Heavenly Father, gives, gives to, to us this morning? He says, come, everyone who thirsts and has been let down by the world. How many times have you been let down? by the things of this world, that, we, that we've bought into the promise that something's going to satisfy us, and it doesn't. He says, those of you who have been unsatisfied and let down, come to me, and I will give you water that will sustain your very soul. And those who feel like they have nothing to offer, I'll give you wine and milk that you don't have to pay for. He says, I prepared a banquet table full of the finest foods. You simply just have to come. Friends, we're going to see over and over again this morning. And this is really the essence of our faith. Christianity is not about what we bring to God. It's about what we receive from him. And he invites us in these verses, come, come and find fulfillment. But just like, just like a host at a, at a busy restaurant, you, you know, you, you go up to the host and you, you put your name in and just like a host who's calling out someone's name, but they never show up. And they eventually just lose their spot in line, and, and they move on to the very next person. Just as God has prepared a banquet table before us today, it is useless if you and I decide not to come. God, in, in his goodness, kind of unveils some of the layers of why you and I choose to find other things besides God's table to find fulfillment. In verse 2, it says, God just asked the question, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? 
let, let that question kind of sink in for a second. This is God, your heavenly Father, the one who loves you more than anyone else. He says, I prepared a banquet table full of the richest foods, full of everything that you could have ever need, wanted, or desired. It's all right there for you. Why do you go and spend your money for that which is not bread? Why do you dedicate your life to things that will not satisfy? Why do you work and labor for that which will not bring fulfillments? And to summarize Isaiah 55 verse 2, God is saying simply this. He says, stop chasing what will never satisfy. Stop. If you've ever waited in line at a grocery store, you've probably been tempted to pick up a Snickers bar. Of course, it doesn't help that the slogan on the bar says what? Snickers satisfies. I have fallen for that trick many, many times. As you can see, Snickers got me again. It's a bold claim that a little candy bar can satisfy your deepest longings. So even your hunger pangs. And like, I get it. I know what they're doing. You're standing in line. You hate your life right then. So I think this Snicker bar is going to help. <laughs> this is what's going to get me over the hump. And then what? You eat it. And then like 20 minutes later, you feel like garbage and you're hungry again. But how often, guys, do we think that same exact way when it comes to the things of this world? We believe, if only I had blank, I'd finally, I'd finally be satisfied. If I had a different job, lived in a different city. We're in Scranton. Where else would you want to live? Come on. <laughs> if I had a different car, a different house, if I find a spouse, if I had a different spouse, I would finally be fulfilled. If I, bought a, if I just bought a new computer, a boat, books, guilty, a new grill, also guilty. Season tickets or went on a new diet, I would finally be happy. Friends, we all know that satisfaction never lasts. They're good for a while. You buy something, you have a shiny new possession, but you know what? That shine will often dull. Last night, I'm, I'm walking through this message with my kids. I was like, kids, do you remember what you got for Christmas? Christmas is not that long ago. And they're like, uh, or uh, they know a few things. But I was like, can you name what you got literally not even two months ago? No, they can't. And I couldn't either. <laughs> kind of bummer after you spend all that time trying to find the perfect gift, and sooner or later they just forget. But so many of the things of this world, friends, are like drinking salt water. We drink it. We want more of it, but it only leaves you thirstier. But there's a reason for that. And the reason is that we were never meant to find fulfillment in our possessions or our pursuits. The things of this world were never meant to meet our deepest longings. C.S. Lewis, in the book Mere Christ Christianity, says that if I look at the experiences of this, of this world and I am not satisfied, the only probable explanation is that I was meant for another world. Folks, you and I have a God-sized hole in our hearts that only he can fill. And we try to, we try to fill that same hole, that same longing with so many other things. 
but we were never meant to be, to be fulfilled by them. And we have bought the lie that if I just get more stuff or pursue different things, that I will finally be happy. Don't believe it, guys. You were meant for something so much more than getting things and pursuing different opportunities. The thing that you and I need to recognize is that we were never meant to be, to be fulfilled by a what. Whatever that what is for you. We were created to be filled by a who. A personal relationship with Jesus. Where we will freely receive all that we need. Look at his promises for those who come to him at the end of verse 2. He says, come and you will... You will eat rich food and have what is good. There's one of my favorite places to go when we were down in Lancaster. Shady Maple Smorgasbord. How many Shady Maple people I got here? Yeah, it's like America. Let's go. Yes. I have never walked out of that place saying, I'm not full. There is this something about Amish comfort food that just hits differently. And, like, and I love, like, people are walking with their plates. It's like herding cattle before, like, feeding troughs. Like, all of them. There's so much stuff there, and there's so much, like, rich, good food. No one walks out of that place saying, ah, like, I wish there was more. Everything is there. That's what, that's what God is saying for you and I today. He said, when you come to my table, I will meet. You will have everything that you need. You will long for nothing. I will satisfy your deepest longings. That's what Jesus calls us to today. That's what we are invited to. And he will give us all that we need. John 10.10, the verse that we read today. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And Jesus, over and over and over again in the Gospels, anyone who thirsts, Come to me, and I will give you living water. Everyone who hungers, come to me, and I will fill that need. Those of you who are weary and need rest, come to me, and I will give you rest. It is an, it is an invitation to come to him to find all that we need. And God is calling us today, stop chasing after worldly pursuits, and simply come to the table where I will satisfy your every need. I'm reminded of that old hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And it reads, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full at his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Friends, God is calling us to come and be fulfilled this morning. But not only is God calling us simply to come and be fulfilled, he offers to forgive our greatest debts. Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 9, says this. He says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
over the last few years, there has been a lot of talk about student debt forgiveness. A lot of talk. And it doesn't matter what side of the issue you are on this morning. I'm not here to discuss whether it's right or wrong or whatever else. But no matter what side of the issue you are on, you are, side of the issue you are here this morning, God offers to pay a more outstanding debt than your student loans. He offers forgiveness of sins. Friends, we just need to level the playing field here this morning. All of us, including this pastor, we're all sinners. We have all rebelled and disobeyed the good, righteous, and loving standards that God has given for you and I to live by. All of us have. Scripture says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We're all on the same playing field. We've all sinned. We've all disobeyed God in some way. And that sin has its consequences. And it's not just physical death. Sin comes up in the brokenness of our friendships. Sin is missing out on God's best. And sin separates us from a, from a personal walk with our Creator. Sin destroys every single area of our lives. But amid our sins, God invites us to something better this morning. He invites us to come and find forgiveness. See, in verse 6, God invites us to seek and call upon him when he can be found. See, to seek the Lord is to become intentional about him. It's to realign our lives with Christ and making him the defining center of our lives. Jesus is not just a religious garnish that you put on your plate and you're not sure if you're supposed to eat it or not. Jesus is the main course. Jesus is what, is what we come to. Jesus is the one that defines who we are. It is our one and only pursuit. And it says there in verse 6, there's an urgency there as well. It says, seek the Lord when he can be found. See, many people, and maybe you're one of them, you believe that, hey, I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to seek him later on. I'm going to seek him when I'm older. I'm going to seek him when I get through my teenage years and sow my wild oats. I'm going to seek him when, when I enjoy experimenting, when, I, when, I, when I'm done experimenting with sin. But there, there's an urgency in this verse. It says there may come a time when God cannot be found any longer. Two things can happen. One is that you literally can die. None of us know the day or the hour that God is going to call us home and, and end our lives. And the second thing is, is that you can go far enough into sin where you become desensitized to the Holy Spirit's calling and drawing upon your life. Both of them are terrifying. In 2 Corinthians 6 2 says, may today be the day of salvation. May today be the day where I make things right with the Lord. I tell my kids all the time, don't do tomorrow what you can do today. Friends, the invitation before us today to come and find forgiveness is offered to you now. Don't wait another moment. Don't say, I'll do it next week. Don't say, I'll do it next month. I'll do it, I'll do it sometime down the road. Make 
take the opportunity at hand and make things right with the Lord now. That's the urgency that comes out of, out of this verse. The same as in verse 3, verse 1, with the offer of fulfillment. Verse 7 here talks about our action step, what we need to do. Again, the first to find fulfillment, we need to stop chasing after worldly things. The second thing that you and I must do to find forgiveness is simply repent of our sin and return to the Lord. Verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. We're just going to stop there. So the word repent or forsake means to think differently about our sins. Is rejecting our sinful behavior and breaking from past beliefs, assumptions, priorities, and plans. But once what once brought joy, satisfaction, and contentment, I now see as as I now see sin as how God sees it, as sinful, disgusting, and something that separates me from my heavenly Father. I don't view sin the same way. I don't have the same perspective upon it. And part of turning from our sins is changing how we think. Church, there may be things in your life right now that are sinful. And you may think, that's it's not that bad. When, when I compare myself to someone else, they're doing something way worse. But God calls us to repent and forsake of that kind of thinking. It is an action step away from our sin and an action step leading us toward God, toward our Heavenly Father. So we repent of our sin and we return to the Lord. And when we do that, when we come to the end of our rope, when we see sin for what it is, when we agree with God about what sin is and what it does to our lives, what can we expect? We see that in the end, in the latter end of verse 7. It says that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. When we turn back to God, he will give us two things, compassion and abundant forgiveness. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I always had this view of God that I've had to repent of. I always viewed God as someone who wanted who wanted to get me in trouble. I always viewed God as someone who was just waiting for me to mess up so he could bring the hammer down and punish me every chance that he had. Friends, that is not a biblical view or a complete view of who God is. God says today, you come and find forgiveness. You turn from your sin. You, you vulnerably turn away from those things and come to me and you will find compassion. You will not find a God with his arms crossed wait, waiting to scold you for what you have done. You will find a God with his arms wide open. Saying, my son... My daughter, I've seen your struggle. I've seen you struggle, and it breaks my heart for what you have done. But I'm here, and I'm going to welcome you back home. We go back to it often, but the story of the prodigal son 
speaks volumes here. The son who left his father, left his family, went off and sowed his wild oats and sinned and rejected everything that his dad ever, ever said or did for him. And after his life was ruined, he had no money. He was, he was about to eat the same food that pigs eat. He decided to come home. The scripture says that his dad was watching. Was watching from far off, waiting for his son to come home. And he came and he celebrated the fact that he had regained a son. And he invited others to do the same. That is the compassion and love that you will receive when you turn from your sin and turn back to your Heavenly Father. But not only will you find compassion, we will find forgiveness. Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12. I just want to read this to you. Psalm 103, beginning in verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Church, this is a picture of the abundant forgiveness that you and I receive at the cross. And the thing that I love about Scripture is that we're reading promises from Isaiah 55 this morning. But Isaiah 55 and the promises there could never be made without the truths that we find in Isaiah 53. Last week, Pastor Mike walked through Isaiah 53, this chapter that speaks about the suffering servant and everything that Jesus went through so that you and I could have forgiveness of sins and a restored walk with God. And nothing that we find in Isaiah 55 would be made possible without the suffering that Jesus had to pay in Isaiah 53 at the cross. Isaiah 53, 5 says, For he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. You see, God, the invitation to come and find forgiveness is not come to the cross and bring all of your good works. It's not come to the cross and add on to what God has already done for you. He simply says, come. And the reason why he can do that, the reason why the invitation is made in Isaiah 55 is because all the work has already been done for your behalf. By the wounds of Jesus, by his death on the cross, him taking our punishments, him paying for our debts, we can come to, we can come to God freely and simply say, I believe that the cross is enough. Again, the gospel message isn't what you can bring to the table. It's simply coming and receiving what God has already done for you. And friends, you may be here today feeling like that you have to continue to work, to continue to earn your way to heaven. 
And the invitation this morning about forgiveness simply is that you just need to come and receive what God has already given. And church, the cross provides the forgiveness, all the forgiveness we all need. This is where we come and find the forgiveness that God desires for each of us. Not in what we do, not in what we promise to do, not in our changed lives, not in, not in our promises to do better. We come to the cross, to the already finished work of Jesus, and we receive the salvation and forgiveness that God has for each of us this morning. Church, we find fulfillment at God's table. We find forgiveness at the cross. And this invitation of forgiveness is given to all people here this morning. And for those of you who have never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, this offer is extended for you today. And God wants you to know, God's word says that he loved you so much that, he, he, that God saw you in your sin, but he did not leave you there. And God knew that there is no way that you and I can pay for our sins on our own, so God sent a substitute so that, that, would, that would stand in our place for our sins, his son Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, and he died a perfect death so that you and I can have a restored relationship with God. And the good news of Christianity, the good news of the gospel, is that that offer is extended for you today. You simply have to turn from your sin and say, I'm sick of living my life this way. I'm sick of doing, doing the things that will not bring satisfaction to my, to my heart. And I'm turning to Jesus, not only for the forgiveness of my sins, but to experience the life that God has for me and wants me and so desires me to live. Church, that invitation is open for you today. And friend, if, you've never, if there's never been a place or a time in your life where you've made that decision, may today be that day when you do just that. He invites you to come to turn from your sins and trust in the saving worth of Jesus. And friends, I would love to, after the service, if that's you and if God's working in your heart and moving in, the, in that direction, I would love to, to, to sit and talk with you more about how you can know for sure that you have a walk with God today. That you can leave here knowing that you are a child of, of his, that your sins have been forgiven. So I'll be up here after the service. We'd love to be able to, to talk with you more. If, if you're just at a point where you would like to even... even be reached out with sometime this week. You can fill that out on a Connect card, and we'll be able to reach out to you this week and have those conversations with you as well. But we'd love to help you make that next step in, in your walk with God. But church, this, this invitation for forgiveness isn't just for people who do not know the Lord as, as their Savior. This invitation for forgiveness it's for those who have walked away from the faith or walked away from the Lord and are living in sin right now. And I, I would be remiss to think each and every, that everyone in here is living perfectly in their walk with God. I've seen it within my own family. I've seen it within dear loved ones and friends who, who I think are true believers but have decided to, to follow a sinful lifestyle at this moment. 
Church, this invitation for forgiveness is for you today as well. If you know that you are living in sin, if you know that you, are, you have walked away from the Lord and, and living in with some kind of addiction or sinful habit or, or, broken, or you've broken relationships, church, I invite you to come to the cross today as well. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And for some of you here this morning, you need to do business with God. And you're here today and you're trying to fake it and everything, make, you're trying to make everyone else think that everything is fine, but deep down inside you know it's not. The invitation for you at the cross is available for you today as well. And if you need just to come and, and get things right with God, to spend some time in prayer, I invite you to do that. Whether it's in your seat, whether it's up front, whatever God is calling you to do, I'd invite you to come and do business with God today. God does. He invites you to come to him and find all that you need. For those of you who, are, who have pursued other things to try to find satisfaction and fulfillment, God is calling you today to turn away from those things and come to his table and receive the grace and mercy that we all so desperately need. And if you've been trying to work off your sin by your own or trying to do things your own way, God simply says, stop trying things that will never work. Come to the cross and find abundant forgiveness and compassion today. Church, as we invite the praise team up, as I invite the praise and the prayer team up to finish things up today, I want to leave you with this simple challenge. That God is calling you today to find the fulfillment only he can offer. Friends, the table is set, the food is ready. You simply just need to stop chasing after the things of this world and find your satisfaction only in Christ. And for those who need forgiveness, God invites you to the cross. The price has been paid, the sacrifice has been completed this morning. All you have to do is come and receive God's forgiveness. The invitation is clear. Just come and find all that you need. Let's stand, let me pray over you, and then we're going to sing one more song. So God, Lord, I do, God, we lift up our people today. God, I lift up my own hearts. God, I have sought so many things that do not satisfy. I've tried to keep, keep sin, God, to myself with all the consequences that go along with that, God. But you invite us today to come. Come find fulfillment. Come find forgiveness. And God, I pray that over our people today that we would find our ultimate satisfaction, God, solely in you and what you can give us, that we would find our ultimate forgiveness, not in what we do or what we promise to do, God, but, God, in what you have already accomplished today. You simply invite us to come. God, help us, Lord, to take those next steps, confess our sins, and turn to you this morning. May we experience the blessings of fulfillment and forgiveness that only you can provide. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.